0: Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night, as I am joined here by a very special guest. He has taken a podcasting hiatus after his his podcasting partner on Denver Stiffs up and left. Uh, just just everybody's kicking him on the on the way out the door. But no, we we love Zach. He's still. Zach may have us, abandoned me,
1: but we still love
0: Zach. <laughs> we we love Zach. Uh, you're hearing the dulcet tones of Gordon Gross. He's the the I, I would call you the the stiff emeritus or or like stiffly like, elder leader at this point. Uh, how would you like to, uh, the tribal elder? That could be, you that could be your, yeah. your general title here, uh, Gordon. How are you doing? Uh, what what's new in the life of G?
1: doing good man just um I'm glad that the uh the nuggets are out here one to one feels a lot better than like o2 so I'm much oh, yeah. happier to be tied up with Portland and just messing around so it's good nuggets are in the playoffs uh spring is here there's you know I got no complaints spring in the Rockies is a great time
0: oh yeah it and it, it really did feel like a big pivot point to to go from one1 to o2 Oh yeah. Uh going going back to Portland at that point right. because That Clippers Denver fans already, how O2 feels. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it they they are in the doldrums right now. <laughs> we're going to we're going to talk about that in segment 3, but uh it should be really interesting to see how Denver handles themselves because they found a, I think a really good solution to Portland's to the the issues that Portland presents them in game 2 and that's Make all your shots and Nicole Jokic be the best player in the series, even though yeah. Damian Lillard can go god mode at various points. So, was this more or less what you expected?
1: In game two, yeah. I expected that bounce back. I mean, that. Yeah. the The Nuggets, this is the thing about Denver. Like, I know all these guys weren't here last year, but MPJ and Jokic and a bunch of other dudes, you know, Monty, they were all yeah. here for the whole, like, seven game thing, seven game thing. Going down by a game, you're like, Psh, we're not even down two games yet. We don't have any worries. So, right. yeah, they're, I, I don't expect Denver to panic in these sorts of situations ever. Um, losing the first game to Portland is annoying, but it's not... You know, they Denver just missed a bunch of shots. Like, is not going to go 1-for-10 from three-point range again anytime soon, I hope. So, those are the things. Like, if MPJ goes 4-for-10, the Nuggets are right in that game, and it's a dogfight to the end.
0: It feels almost like the 2019 Portland series, where yep. you had game one Denver won they they looked like world beaters in that game and then game two they couldn't make shots and Portland stole a game in Denver and then you go back to Portland and it felt a little bit more negative at that point but I think at that point nuggets fans didn't even really know how to navigate the playoffs because they hadn't it's been a long time since I think Nuggets fans the nuggets themselves have had to navigate a playoff series like this and I just get the sense from uh, Michael Malone's presser this afternoon Paul Millsap that, these guys are very confident to the situation that they're in, and, and they just aren't going to be rattled at this point by pretty much anything.
1: Well, this is a young team, but they're not an inexperienced team. Like, right. they've, they played pressure basketball for a long time, even before they got to the playoffs. They had that stretch run where they got kicked out by uh, Minnesota in Game 82, but like every game down the stretch of that season felt like a playoff game because they had to win them all to try to get into the playoffs. So you had all these pressure games, then you had you know the playoffs where they they got backed against the wall by the Spurs, you mm-hmm. know, and then they went against uh, Portland and they they had that heavy series. Every playoff has been like a grind, even you know that's just the way that the nuggets have played is that they come out a little slow. Um, I would not say that the Nuggets impose their will on a series from the beginning they definitely take the opponent's punch and then look at it, analyze it, and come back with a solution. Like, they don't... You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of a Malone thing where he says, well, they're trying to do this to us, and he lets that happen for the first game, game and a half, and then it's like, nah, let's do our stuff. Our stuff is more fun. And the Nuggets get out there and figure it out, solve their problems, because Jokic is a genius. And they solve their problems, and, you know, they get their defensive matchups down, which is really that's where Malone really starts coming through for them is figuring out how do I slow them enough for Jokic to make the impact we need him to make. And the Nuggets get the hang of all of that, and they come out and they win these series. So I don't feel any different about it this year. It's been three years in a row that's like this, and the the team, even though they're young, they really should, they, they, this is old hat for them. Like, Jokic might be 26, but it's been, this has been his only playoff experience. He's never had it easy. So this is no new, there's nothing new here.
0: One of the most interesting stats that I think I can throw at Nuggets fans right now is that the Nuggets in the Nikola Jokic Michael Malone era have only ever been down two to two games to one in yep. the playoffs. That's every single time. No matter how they get there, it's it's they usually get to one one at some point and then they get to down two one. They've they've lost every single game three. Yep. that they've played. And so it's going to be interesting to see whether they can change that this time around or not. Uh, most of the time they're the they're like they haven't had to deal with like a a home court situation where they actually get to play at home in a game three. So maybe that's the reason. Right. Uh, but they they're in this situation now where they have to go back to Portland in a situation where like Portland's crowd is going to be pretty nuts. Uh, those guys yes. are. They're going to be very angry. This team, these—it's going to be contentious. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, I think there is a lot to be learned from these next three, four, or five games, however long we're going to have in this series. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What, in your mind, uh, just from a gameplay standpoint, or even just like like interpersonal, has been the most surprising development so far from these first two games? Um,
1: I don't know. I mean. Dave going off is not surprising, yeah.
0: Yeah, because for me, I think Marcus Howard and Shaq Harrison both being good would be the first thing that stands out to me. Like, I I couldn't believe it when that happened.
1: Well, and I was surprised that they both got the time. Like, I understand that Denver's down guards, but I thought they would just play bigger. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought that they would say, well, yeah, but I have Millsap and Green and JaVale, and we could get big on these guys if we wanted. And they were like, nah, we like Marcus Howard. We like, you know, uh, We We have no problem with having Monte Morris out there with a bunch of little guys. It's all fine. And they really... They empowered their guys to play the way they need to play. And I guess that's been pretty impressive to me, is that... I mean, in game one, it didn't work out. Those guys didn't make distant shots. You know, but they still... Looked like they felt like they belonged on the court. They weren't being played off the court, um, and a lot of that credit that for that goes to Malone for getting them ready to play and being mm-hmm. like, "You have a role. You're not out there just to stand around and soak up garbage minutes. Like we're gonna need you." Um, and so it's, I think for me, watching Marcus Howard was some of the most fun because that kid in college was just a bucket. Like he was ridiculous. And so I didn't, I didn't understand why they added into a team that had like five guards already. I was like, no, I want a big wing, like give me a <laughs> wing defender who can't shoot. I don't care. Like I don't need a five ten guard, even though I, I like Marcus Howard. But right. I, that wasn't, I wasn't looking for that skill set. I'm like, he's never gonna play. And then the Nuggets lose, you know, three of their top guards, and then trade off a couple other ones. And all of a sudden, guess what I need? I need a guard who can make buckets.
0: And they happen to and have one, one. That, one that can keep up with this Portland attack, which yes. I, I was really worried through like, at, even at the very beginning before any games had played that just looking at some of the numbers, looking at some of the ways that Portland was going to attack Denver, that some of their stuff is unstoppable. If those guys are playing at a great, at a great uh, pace and, and just moving the ball well and making, making their shots from outside uh, because Denver and the scheme that they play they're always going to be vulnerable to the role players shooting. Yes. And and we saw that in game one. We saw that as, as Denver got the ball out of Lillard's hands and McCollum's hands and Powell's hands, and they would feed it to Robert Covington, Anthony Simons, Carmelo Anthony, game one. Game two, they kind of got back out to those guys. They didn't let those guys be the ones to kill them. Yep. And I really do think that that made all the difference. They didn't get into the blender of the offense that they can usually have.
1: Well, and that's that's my thing now. Portland's what like the number two offense in the NBA or something.
0: Yeah, it's like, like they're, they're very serious. Brooklyn than them, like they're really yeah. good.
1: Yeah, and people, I mean, people underrate Portland, and I I never want to do that. Like that's not my goal, um, to to underrate the Trailblazers' offense. Um, but yeah. you know, at the same point, even though the Nuggets don't have most of their firepower, like you're missing Murray, you're missing Barton. You know, you don't have these guys who can put the ball in the hoop for you. But what you do have are guys who are out there and willing contributors. And that's all you really need with Jokic. Um, And so, for me, the Nuggets are just trying to limit guys to just keeping the fourth, fifth, sixth guys for Portland from destroying you. You know, and they did destroy them in game one. Right. You know, like in game 1, like I mean, that was that was your issue was that you ran into like 18 points from Carmelo Anthony. Um and in this game, you know, that did not happen in game 2. And that made me happy. Like they didn't leave it Carmelo opening Carmelo Anthony open to shoot. They got out to him. He got some fouls on him. He didn't he wasn't in rhythm and that was it. Like the reserves for Portland were trash in that game. <laughs> And that was good. Like, they need that. They cannot afford for, like, Anthony Simons to be killing you or Enos Cantor to get, like, 20 and 15. And uh, they did a
0: good job. Yeah, and, and that's... With as good as Dame is and, and how much respect the Nuggets have to have for Damian Lillard on a consistent basis, you, you just can't let everybody score. You have to take something away. And the role players is a good place to start. But even still, like... Dame had thirty-two at half. He had yep. eight threes uh, in game two, and they decide to go with Aaron Gordon in the second half, and two, I think, I think better results, obviously, than what happened in the first half, but it wasn't like I, I never felt like Lillard was fully stopped in, in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think the nuggets would say that he was stopped. No. Uh, they they are there definitely have all the respect for him. So my question to you. Do you think that Aaron Gordon can actually guard Damian Lillard for the rest of the series with the way that Denver is going to defend him, or are they going to have to continue getting more creative at this point?
1: Um, I think you can you can put Aaron Gordon on him just to bother him with size. I mean the pro I mean, it's not like it stopped Lillard from getting to the foul line. Lillard was at the foul line yeah. like all the time. So that yeah, that I mean that's gonna be the thing. He gets he gets calls. He gets the star calls that like the nuggets do not get. And that's that's just the way it is. It's guard play. The Nuggets don't have a guy that plays the way that Dame plays. Um ball in his hands all the time, dribble penetration, like fall down when a guy's near you. Like you don't have that guy.
0: You can't even Murray, when healthy would, would want to get a good clean he shot. He jumps off, away as opposed... from
1: contact. He yeah, makes it really hard yeah. on himself. He falls sideways, like shooting at forty five degree angles, away <laughs> from dudes. He makes them. Like, those are the them. shots that he makes. Open threes? Doesn't make those. But, like, you know, <laughs> if, if there's two dudes and he's jumping and falling down and then he makes the shot, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, but he doesn't jump into contact. He doesn't create contact. That's not what Murray does. Um, and that's partly because he's a little slower than Dame. Dame is very fast. And, he, uh, I mean, Murray's not. Murray's, Murray's stronger, and Murray's built his body. And I think that's really where his game is going to be. Is being stronger, is being, you know, having good, like, explosion, leaping, but not speed game. But Dame's speed game is good. Dame's speed game, the Nuggets last year, well, I guess two years ago, when they were playing Dame in the playoffs, like, their way to get the handle on him was to double him. Was to get dudes out on him. Two guards. You had Harris somewhat. You had some other guys, right. and you would just right. throw guys at Dame and be like, make someone else beat us. And in that series, they did. Other guys beat Denver.
0: Very irritating that it was uh, it was Myers, Leonard, and and uh, not even Rodney. Hood. Like Rodney Hood was great, but he was in the post. Like yeah, they, every everybody it, everybody it was, it was everybody in that series. Uh, yeah.
1: And that, that's what the it's... Nuggets can't have happened this time. Like that's the thing is this time I, we talk a little bit about like, you know, how the the um the Nuggets are being played for Jokic to beat Portland. That they're giving him one-on-one defense and they're like, dude, if we just defend everybody else, Jokic can't beat us. Well, that's not true because Jokic creates a bunch of other looks for people. The Nuggets are kind of playing Dame the same way, and if the Aaron Gordon thing plays out, that's what's going to happen. Is you know, so They're going to say, Dame, we're going to put one dude on you. He's going to be big. He's going to annoy you. Uh, and we also have a little guy who will definitely annoy you named Capazzo. Like, that guy is just going to be <laughs> terribly frustrating. Don't punch him. But, like, for the rest of the time, play everybody straight up. And I think the Nuggets are really trying to stay on their man. That's how it looked yeah. in, the, in Game 2. It wasn't that way in Game 1. In game 1 they dared Melo to like beat them with open shots and Melo was like thank you very much. I love shooting it in open gym.
0: And so yeah, he was it was great and and those guys like if if you put them in the blender, if if you have the ball moving around and finding the open man, that was a very consistent thing from the from the game 1. Absolutely. Was that they they were moving the ball really well and finding just wide open shots. So yep. We're we're gonna see like I, I I doubt that Denver gives them that many wide open shots again. It, they they like, cannot the be road, the goal. Yeah, on the road it is actually more likely, of course, that they would do that. But we'll we'll just have to see. Well, that's uh, the crowd noise,
1: man. The crowd noise is gonna be yeah, is gonna be different. You've been playing for the better part of a year and a half without a crowd. You know, yeah. without a lot of crowd noise. And all of a sudden, it's going to be, hey, guys, remember how loud it is when you can't just communicate by, like, talking in a normal voice? And, you yeah. know, you you can't hear everything on a court? And, you know, and the crowd's going berserk for every Willard three? That's where you're going to be. And the Nuggets are going to have to find their footing in that for the first time in a minute.
0: 100%. Uh, you mentioned guarding Jokic one-on-one. And this, I think, is the premier... Uh, point of the entire series. It's it's the first major play that either of these teams made against each other was okay. We are going to defend Nikola Jokic, the Blazers. Uh, we are going to defend Nikola Jokic one on one against Yusuf Nurkic, uh, using Yusuf Nurkic and uh, to a lesser extent than Escantor. and we aren't going to allow him to use his best strength, which is passing. To this point, and, and I wrote about this today on Stiff's uh, Wednesday. Make sure to check it out if you're interested. Uh, he is just outperforming expectations to a massive level as a shooter, as a contested shot maker, as somebody who makes those difficult shots with relative ease, and I don't know if I see that changing at any point, and I think that he just feels very confident in a matchup against Nurkic and a matchup against Cantor. So my question to you is, why are they doing it? And will it continue?
1: It's. I'm not sure why they're doing it. Honestly, I mean they are preventing assists. Although I will say that the Nuggets did not convert a bunch of potential assists in the first two games. Like yeah. there were plenty of opportunities on the table for Jokic to have way more assists, and guys right. just flubbed them. And that's. I mean, it's. It's no. That means that it's a good plan, right? Like if you're gonna, if they're gonna miss, and that should be your plan. You know, my thing is, are they missing because there's Portland guys near them? Or should Portland be trying to force those guys into making open shots? Um, and the Blazers obviously feel like, and I think maybe that's, they might change now that they're going back to Portland, but they may have felt like in a home gym with no crowd noise, um, that, you know, no no crowd noise for the opponent anyway, really, that you are not going to be able to influence guys away from that open gym shooting. Um, we found out in the bubble that everyone shot great in the bubble. Why? There's no crowd there. There's no distractions. You don't have any... There's nothing weird happening. Everything's very comfortable. And so a lot of guys had... I mean, they, we talk about Anthony Davis's shooting performance. In the bubble, there was no one there to, to yell at him when he, he was going to miss. So he just right. made everything. Um, and then now, coming into Portland, maybe you change it up because now there's crowd pressure. Now guys are screaming. Now you're going to have you know, crowd noise is going to be against the Nuggets and maybe you do try to double Jokic and put those guys in open situations with the hostility and pressure of making open shots in a playoff game, feeling more relevant and feeling less like a scrimmage. I don't know. I mean, I think they should probably change it up because I don't think they're going to win a series if they just defend Jokic one-on-one and hope that the other guys just keep missing.
0: We, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, just off air. Uh, which means it wasn't actually on the podcast. Uh, But no, Uh, it would not surprise me if they completely flipped the script and just decided, Hey, we're going to go full the other way. Uh, Once, once Jokic has proven that, Hey, if you, if you leave him open, he's going to consistently shoot like 15 of 20 in, in between that 15 and 20 and that 14 of 27 range. If he's consistently in that range of where he's been so far, then they might decide, okay, we are, more likely to dominate we are more likely to win if we force other players to beat us that may or may not be true uh giving jokic passing lanes and opportunities is is death as we both know yeah uh but it might be better and, and more comfortable if he doesn't shoot at all if they force him into 10 shots as opposed to 20 or 25
1: well and that's the the thing about jokic this year is that he has not been passive that if you give him a shot he can make, he'll just take it. If he wants to take a walk-up three, he'll just take it. He used to shoot those like because he was annoyed or tired or whatever. Now he's yeah. like, I'm shooting this to make it. Like I'm not shooting this to shoot it. Every shot that I put up is to make that shot. Um, And, and I'm not afraid. If I have to shoot 30 times in a game, I'll shoot 30 times in a game. And before, he would stop shooting because he's like, this is the wrong way to play basketball. And some switch just flipped this year, and he said, you know what? Whatever it takes, man. Like, if, if I'm always open and I'm the best option every, every time down, then I'll keep shooting. And he didn't used to do that. He tried to get other guys involved. He was like, you're a little too cold. You haven't had a shot. Let me set something up for you. I'll call some things. He's not doing that. Like, that is not what is happening um, this season. And so it may simply be that their plan for how to deal with him is a plan for a guy who's more passive – And he's not that guy now, so they're going to have to adapt how they attack him. I just don't know that they have enough guys to bother him. Like, who are you going to bring at Jokic in a double team that he's like, oh, yep, terrible, can't do it.
0: Well, and it was definitely like, even at center, like, I think it was definitely very clear that once Nurkic got into foul trouble, that the Nuggets were going to win the game. Like. It was a, a very clear delineation that once NS Cantor comes into the game or once they have to go with anybody else at the five, then they're sunk because there's just no way that they can defend anything at that point. And it really was just, excuse me, it really was just a drastic difference between the defense with Nurkic on the floor and the defense with anybody else on the floor. And it's it's very tangible. And I think the Nuggets are going to take that into account. and. It wouldn't surprise me if Jokic tried to go foul-hunting at the beginning of Game 3 for that reason.
1: Well, I mean, the other th- thing is, the Nuggets used to rely on their re- winning the rebounding battle for them to really succeed in games. That, you know, you would attack the glass and you would make sure that you got all the second-chance points. And the Nuggets don't do that. I mean, they do. They still rebound well. But, like, they didn't win the rebounding battle, you know, in the last game. Like, they didn't win they are not winning these these glass battles because they're not missing that many shots, right. Like the thing is, when it's on your side, you know you're you're not losing out on these shots. Um, I think they even won the rebounding battle in the first game, but it was because they were clanking everything. So they were getting their own misses and they still were missing them again.
0: yeah, it's uh, they're a different team. I think I it's, think we, we can. They just definitely they just play say.
1: differently. Like it's it's yeah. fascinating to watch because they had to adapt midstream. Like how they were playing with Murray is not how they're playing without Murray. Um, and MPJ hasn't quite hit the afterburners in this series yet. You know, like he was he was missing from three in the first game. He got into foul trouble in the second game. He still contributed. He's still important. He still spaces the floor. You still require attention on him. But that that hasn't been a huge factor. The factor has been Jokic is just that damn good.
0: He certainly helps, and that's that's definitely a big factor in this. Uh, let's talk about MPJ on the other side. I think there's there's definitely a thread to pull on there, and I think there's of course there's a lot to discuss with regard to MPJ and the Nuggets. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about that. But first, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions, DraftKings Sportsbook. They are putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into $200. That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention. Just $5. That team wins you cash. $200 in free credits. Uh, All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team. Uh, DraftKings, they offer great odds with promotions on baseball, hockey, so much more. So if basketball isn't your thing, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Let's be honest. Like DraftKings, they're safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. There's no doubt that this is the best opportunity DraftKings, they want new users like you, and they're willing to pay top dollar in order to do so. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older? Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. And we're back. Pick, axe, and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am joined today by good friend, good friend of the program, Gordon Gross. He is one of my best uh, at, over at Denver Stiffs, so make sure to check out everything that we do over there. It's awesome. Uh, all the groundwork has been laid, and and it really is people like Gordon, people like Zach, and people like uh, Jeff Morton, and Andy Feinstein, and Nate Timmons. That, it's, it's very interesting that we're in a series against Carmelo Anthony and he's getting booed and it's giving me a lot of flashbacks to my early time uh, (laughs) visiting Denver stiffs. I'm like, yeah, no wonder you're getting booed when coming back to Denver, dude. Like this isn't, this should not be like a surprise to anybody. And it's just, it's just been very funny to follow. Uh, Do you have a mellow take here?
1: I, I just think it's amusing that people who weren't in Denver want to talk about it. I mean, Mark Spears was in Denver, but Mark Spears was always a Carmelo guy. So, you know, him being like, I can't believe we're still booing him. I'm like, well, has he stopped talking shit about Denver? I don't know. Like, you can't <laughs> you can't move out of a town. And all he had to say was, I loved Denver. Denver's amazing. I just moved from my family. I just moved for whatever. Like, Denver's the best. I had so much great. And he didn't say that. He, the, people wanted him to dog Denver a little bit, and he was like, Yeah, it's a little, that's all you had to say, man. If you had just kept it straight up, you'd have no problems. People would stop booing you. But you wanted to, like, leave, get paid all the money you could get in an extension. So you kneecapped the Knicks. You know, I mean, we have Jamal Murray because he kneecapped the Knicks. Yeah. Thank you. That the, Jamal Appreciate Murray is it. here because. We had a, a a pick swap, and that was the last pick swap we had with the Knicks. And that's why Jamal Murray is a Denver Nugget. He would not be otherwise. And so, like, I'm grateful to Melo. I'm not mad at Melo. I've never booed Melo. Um, but the idea that Denver should cheer for him and hang his jersey and let bygones be bygones. And I just... Denver has always, in the NBA, been a place where guys wanted to get out of. You know, it was Andre Iguodala who was brought in. They traded, like, you know, some serious stuff for him. You know, Iguodala came in for a year. um, Then it it felt like he sold out Denver in the playoff series and, sure enough, wound up with the team that they were playing. Like, it's not that he he owed Denver anything, but that was a... uh, It just felt like just another example of Denver not being able to keep guys and not being able to get guys and not being able to to be a real serious power. Um, Where the only guys who would come back are guys like Chauncey Billups, who was a star here and wanted to be here, right? You know, and I mean they traded for him, but they knew he wasn't going to throw a fit because he was from Denver. Like, he wanted to be in Denver. And so getting guys who want to be here is important. So the Nuggets, who have, uh, have latched on to Jokic, who's never said anything about leaving, who's never, you know, once hinted that he didn't want to be here, um, and is honestly a better player than Melo, which is impressive because Melo's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So right, that's not nothing. Like, it's, I'm not dog and Mellow for that, but the idea that you should cheer an incoming player is ridiculous to me. He's not on the Nuggets. If he was on the Nuggets and they were booing him, yeah, that would be a problem.
0: Yeah, he's almost like, like, hey, I, I forgot about the situation, guys. Like, like, can we just like li- live long and forget? Like, like, come on now, we, we, let's just put the past behind us. Like, it, it happened so long ago, and everybody seems to be taking that stance and. It's because it didn't happen in a high-profile market. Like, right. imagine if somebody high-profile left the Los Angeles Lakers and went to the Celtics and they wanted to have, like, they're they in their prime, they were doing a lot of great things, and then they wanted uh, recompense after the fact. And then just to say, hey, you guys should still love me because I gave my all for that team. You might have. Uh, there's There's a lot of reasons to think that you didn't fully give all to your team, but... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes throughout this particular series. uh, it's just very contentious there's there's just a lot of bad blood on both sides of this thing, and I think rightly so
1: well, it's not like Vince Carter, right like Vince Carter with the raptors there was a there was a big deal there, like yeah, uh, like the way that he left, he basically forced his way out and then he was upset about like. How the trade went down, and like there, there was big deal on both times. But like ten years after that, Vince was still kind of not ready to get back with the Raptors and make everything good. Like there are still people in Denver who were in the front office. Uh, one of them's names Brian was Cronky. and he remembers Melo and what happened with the trade. Like no offense, that story isn't with other people. Like, there are people on the Nuggets who were around for that. So there are hurt feelings among the Nuggets, like their front office. There were hurt feelings from the fan base. And that's just how it is. If Melo wanted to make it right, he would be talking about how great Denver was and how much he loved playing here and how later in his career it's his favorite thing. And, you know, he gets booed and he gets it. But, you know, he wants the fans to know that some of his most special moments ever were with the Nuggets but he doesn't say that shit in in interviews he just wants it to be over and the Nuggets like that's not their job to make it right with the guy who wanted to leave that's not their responsibility it'll happen Did you? they're gonna hang his number I'm sure they're going he's gonna get in the Hall of Fame and they're gonna hang his number it's just gonna take a minute and Melo's gonna have to reflect
0: did you know that he has played 150 more games in a Nuggets uniform than he has in a Knicks uniform? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you did you know that he's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a New York Knicks? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that that was one of the things when when he said that and when because he, he he wants credit, and and a lot of his fans want credit for for bringing the Nuggets franchise out of the gallows, yeah. uh, from where they were, and to to his credit, he he should get some of that. Yes. It, it was a good team around him, and he was like the Donovan Mitchell of that team, where he was the scorer and everybody else did everything else. So there are still like I think there are reasons to still criticize him and think less of him in that in that case. But I. I don't know, man. Like
1: Mello's legit, man. Mello's legit. The problem is he is a legit scorer, and there were just too many times where that wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. Like, the guy who got them to the conference finals was Chauncey. Like, that was, and I know that it chaps Mello that he doesn't get credit for that. You know, but
0: he's <laughs> he's played twice as many playoff games in a Nuggets uniform as he has a Nick.
1: And that's impressive considering how many times he did not get out of the first round. Yeah. Yep.
0: That is and, that is a
1: thing. And the fact that he was playing in the East where the East was trash with the Knicks.
0: Yeah. They like, they only went to the playoffs three seasons yeah, with yeah. the Knicks. That so again, is nuts.
1: that these are those times where uh, Melo is going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I don't care whether you think that's because of his international career or you know because he got more higher prior profile with the Knicks. It doesn't matter Syracuse. why. Yeah, the Syracuse after championship, like he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of why you think that is or what the accumulation is. He's one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. You know, um, he's got a ton of international success. He's got a ton of college success. He'll be in the museum. So. And, but he's not going to be wearing a, a Nuggets uniform. Like, that's, that he'll be in as a Nick. And so whether Nuggets fans should be cool with that and just be like, yeah, man, no problem. We, we understand when he's made no reconciliation attempts with the fan base, if it doesn't matter to him, why is it supposed to matter to Denver fans? I mean, that's really where I'm at. I don't care about the booing. I'm not a booer. If I was there, I wouldn't be booing him because I just don't, honestly, don't care about Melo that much like that. Right, I love that era. He brought me back to to Denver basketball. I appreciate it, you know. But I don't. I, I'm not. The Nuggets have done better since he left. Like they've had better teams than ones that he was on. I. I they've had better players.
0: The 15s. Yeah,
1: I. I don't. I'm not pining for an era where he was the best thing and they haven't had anything since. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not holding a grudge. He wanted, He wanted to move, he moved, and good for him. I'm glad he went to New York and got what he wanted, but you can't have everything. You know, if you leave your first wife for your second wife and you're like, well, I'm happy, and your first wife is supposed to be like, yeah, I talk good about you to all my friends.
0: No. (laughs) She ain't doing that. Like, that's not how that goes. (laughs) That's a great analogy. Oh yeah, so this this entire series is gonna get it's it's contentious already. There's already pushing and shoving and arguing, and Zach Collins flipping the bird to Jamal Murray on the bench, and like Zach Collins needs to go away. Like that's that's a little bit off.
1: Well, Zach Um, Zach is his own guy, uh, but I really don't think that one dude who's injured gets to talk crap to another dude who's injured about anything. Yeah. Although I mean I know that I know that Murray got some letters to be like calm down on the bench, Jamal.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just who that, he is. Hoping that Zach Collins got the similar. Letters. I hope he got a similar yeah. letter. Shut up, Zach. Yeah, come on now. Uh, will there be a significant fight by the end of the series?
1: Uh, if there is, Compos going to be in it.
0: <laughs> it would not surprise me. In the I'm slightest. just saying
1: he has no problem with that. He'll he'll throw down. I I don't have any issues with it. He's got that Argentine blood. He just gets up and he's he's ready to go.
0: I, I'm gonna make a bet that it's Jamichael Green and Carmelo Anthony. That's um, my might be. That's what I, I mean,
1: bet on. Yeah, might be. And uh, Green's not backing down from that either. I mean, that's yeah. And honestly, if anybody watched, um, you know, Mellow fight in Indiana, you got nothing to worry about.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's too true. Uh, and in New York, by the way. Uh, and in the first one, yeah, that's true. Um. What do you think about the significance of winning this series? Uh, is, it, is it more significant that, that they, if Denver were to come out of this series, on top? Uh, with all the trash talk, with all of the chatter, with all of the discussion around Jokic and his abilities and Dame and his abilities, uh, the connections between these two franchises, would this series being a win mean anything more to you than another series? You mean the fact that they're beating
1: Portland specifically?
0: Yeah, just like like given given them responding in this nature, like like with all of these with all this stuff happening around it.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about Portland. I just don't view them as a rival to the Nuggets at this point. Like if the yeah. Nuggets had a full complement of dudes, this wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like if if the Nuggets had it's Barton true. and Jamal Murray out there, this would be a sweep. I I don't. I don't really have any any belief that the full complement of Portland guys could hang with the full complement of Nuggets guys. Um, now that may change. Portland may get that that mix right, but at the moment, that's not that's not the competition. The competition is further up the food chain. So the nuggets doing this as a as a missing like so many key contributors would be a big deal. Um, but the fact that it's Portland doesn't make it sweeter. I mean, I always like sending Nurk home for a nice summer. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. that's always good. Um, But it's, it's, it, I enjoy watching these games because it matters to the players. Like, they, they, Portland gets up for Denver games, Denver gets up for Portland games. They're usually good games. Um, that's always nice, but I don't, I don't think division rivalry means anything in the NBA. Like, ooh, the Northwest Division's fighting like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. That's that isn't something that really gets my blood up. Uh, divisions are ridiculous in the NBA. Um, so for me, I enjoy watching good basketball, and Portland and Denver usually have good games together, so that's fun. But I don't think it means anything more to me than that.
0: What about the impression of Jokic? Uh, because I think there there's a a large contingent of people that see him as hey, unanimous MVP. He's great, he's awesome. But is he really a top five player? Like, is is yes. are we really in that <laughs> well uh, yes, the yes, the answer is yes. Uh he he might be uh not one, two, three, four, or five either. Uh there is a large contingent of people that don't really think that highly of him and just think that the, in this situation, like Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, like uh, James Harden, guys like that. It's like those, those guys, the old guard is still better than him. What would you say to those folks if, if Jokic were able to pull this off?
1: Well, I mean, for me, if Dame pulls it off, it's just proof that Dame is great. So if yeah. Jokic pulls it off, I don't know why it's not proof that Jokic is great. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It would be Dame drags his team to the next round over the MVP. Would be the narrative if... Oh, yeah if Dame wins. So if Jokic wins, why isn't it Jokic drags his beaten up team, you know, to the next round over like Dame's greatness? Like but it's not going to be, I understand that, but uh, for me, again, I don't think that people who view Jokic as uh the worst MVP in 35 years are going to be impressed that he beat Dame Willard. Um, I don't think it changes their minds. I think they have an image of him from when he came into the league in 2016 as the guy who drank three liters of Coke a day, you know, and uh, looked like, you know, he did. He looked like uh, like a bag of milk playing basketball. Like, (laughs) I get it. I understand that that's weird. Um, But having 3% body fat doesn't make you good at basketball. Like and and that's that's really I feel like what we're learning about the NBA in the modern era is that yes you need to be in shape like Jokic got much better when he got in shape and I didn't think that was possible because he was great when he was out of shape um so being in shape does matter like getting into NBA shape is a big deal it's it's matters for him it's mattering for uh Luka Doncic like oh, getting yeah. into NBA shape is changing their games and making them better. But you don't have to be like you know Superman out there. You don't have to look like Dwight Howard to be an MVP.
0: To be he's a great great player, he's averaging thirty six a night right yep. now on on over sixty one percent from the field, and if just just those numbers by themselves are ludicrous. And and like uh, sure, Nurkic is not the best defender. Cancer, of course, is like can't guard like can't play cancer is is a thing that was out there, uh, and it still might be out there after this series. I just think that. This is this is a situation where without Jamal Murray, without Will Bard, without PJ Dozier, the Blazers should be able to win. Like this is this is something that should happen given that Michael Porter is just entering his first stage of stardom. They should win. And if they don't, I don't think it reflects as poorly on the Blazers as it should being as great as what Jokic is doing. Like like I I think Jokic deserves a lot more credit for uplifting everyone in that case.
1: Well, that's the thing with the thing with Jokic is he really does make everybody better. Like yeah. it's a fascinating thing to watch and to every time guys have gone down, whether that's this was like the magnificent 7 game in Utah, like whether it's, you know, Barton being out down the stretch or losing Gary Harris for months at a time or whatever it is, the Nuggets train just keeps on chugging. Like, end of seasons doesn't matter how many injuries they have, they just keep going, because Jokic does make everyone better. It's a very impressive skill set to be able to do that. Um, And unlike somebody like Chris Paul, he's not yelling at everybody all the time. Like, that's not his game. His game is just to be great, and to lift people up with his greatness. It's a very impressive thing to watch. Um, I do think he does not get enough credit for it, but part of that's because the Nuggets don't get a lot of credit for anything. Um, it's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk at PJ before we hit a break here. Uh, we are witnessing a player start to grow into superstardom. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty clear uh, just with what he's done over the course of these past couple months with how he has turned himself from a player who was going 0 of 8, 0 of 9 against the Boston Celtics back in February to now he is commanding All of the attention that Nikola Jokic isn't commanding when they are both on the floor uh, in a playoff series, it it is very impressive to see what he has done and to see how he has bounced back. Uh, Is this what you expected from him? And where do you think it can go from here?
1: Yes, this is why I've been mad for two years that he wasn't getting playing time. (laughs) Like, let's not kid ourselves. I've been yelling about this since, like. Holy crap! December, Vietnam, of like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the day he could step on a court, since the day he actually did actually get to play for the Nuggets, I've been like, great, more, give me more, mm-hmm. yes, more of that. <laughs> it's no I, more as, passes. As people
0: who don't are, who aren't in the Stiffs chat, I can attest to this. Uh, Gordon has been adamant about this from the get go.
1: I was like, twenty minutes a game, every game. I want him to get like minimum fourteen shots a game. Every work it, pass him the ball, make this happen. Like MPJ. When when I watch him play, his ceiling—I—I I wasn't sure this would be the case after his back injury. His ceiling remains unlimited. Like he is amazing, um, and makes me think that he might be Denver's second best player on a championship team. Like, and that's with Jamal Murray potentially being an all star as soon as two years right. from now. Uh, he won't right. be one next year because he won't be back. But like. Yeah. Jamal Murray is still going to be great. The question is, can MPJ be better? And I think MPJ is harder to defend. Like Murray makes tough shots, so it doesn't he he overcomes the defense. But MPJ just shoots over everybody cuz he's 6'10, he doesn't care. Like his his long-distance shot making is unbelievable. And I don't care that he went 1 for 10 in that playoff game in game 1.
0: Like, it was a good learning experience. Like that was just the start yes. of things. Yes.
1: Well, these yeah. are things he needs to know. Can you can you take pl- ten three point shots in the game? Absolutely. Should you take them randomly, rising up, like turned halfway away from the basket, you know, shooting with twenty seconds left on the clock? No, stop doing that. You know, I <laughs> I understand that you think you can make every shot, but I want you to address the basket like you're going to make every shot. Remember your form because when he does that, he's basically unstoppable and he doesn't have a handle yet. Like the kid can't drive. Like when he gets drive in two years, when he's able to drive the hoop because he has his own drum handle and he needs it because guys forget to pass to him. <laughs> like they just, they forget he's on the court and it's amazing to me.
0: It's nuts. It's, it's sometimes it's very nuts. Um, I'm like, wait a oh. minute,
1: you're Shaq Harrison
0: Pass the balls. Like, <laughs> Michael Porter jr. Please. Oh man! But he he also did show some things in game one where it was some drives to the rim. Where yes, going eleven of eleven from from two oh, point range. Oh, he killed
1: and, it from two point range.
0: Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. And and I think you see those flashes and you see the that ability and and the the ability to do it in a high leverage situation. Yes, showing that from the get go, I think it just there there are plenty of great things to come with him. And I do think that Michael Malone deserves some credit. Uh, for slow playing him because I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the massive changes would be had he not had some of those, those you, mechanisms to you stop. know shooting. My feelings on this, yeah. my
1: feelings on this are I cannot give Michael Malone credit for waiting until every damn guard he has gets injured before he gives MPJ enough minutes and focus to like score. You know, I can't do that because if he still had all his guys, I don't think MPJ would be getting this many opportunities. I think they'd still be slow playing him.
0: I, I wonder if, like, I think it's better for the team that they know both things, that both MPJ can fit into the offense and can fit into the background. And when he gets open shots, he'll take and make open shots. Yep. But they, the team also does know now, and they will continue to rely on it throughout the rest of this series and hopefully deeper into the playoffs. That they can go to MPJ pretty consistently, and and he will deliver in a lot of those cases too.
1: If if Murray comes back completely healthy, and fingers crossed, they need him. He needs to come back, and I, I mean that's always the concern: is how much do you lose with an ACL injury, or how much do you not lose? You're hoping for the Zach Levine return, where Zach got all of his bounce back. He worked hard. His shot was there. Like, Murray's set shot is always great. When you see Murray in practice, even now, he's, like, like a month off of surgery, and he's standing at the three-point line just chucking the ball, and, like, he's not even jumping. He's just like, yep, in, 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 in. So he doesn't funny. care. Because, it's. I mean, he is a great shot maker in practice, like, from set shots. He just doesn't do it in games for whatever reason. But he did more of it this year. And so I still think that his, his actual shot's going to be even better when he comes back because he'll have nothing to do for a year but practice his set shot. Like he can't jump um, for another six
0: yeah. months. It's it's too true. Like like he he is in line for like a a 45, 42, yeah. 90 season. Right? Yeah. Seriously. He's going like like he'll struggle in the in the two point range, but like uh, from three and from the free throw line, he's he's going to be unbelievable. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to how this team looks when he does return. I'm just hopeful that they pay for the team. Uh, it's going to be that's interesting That's the only thing, see. man.
1: Like, this is a team yeah. that's going to be expensive. You're going to pay a max to MPJ, and you should. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's okay. You should definitely do that. And I know it's hard to build a team around three max players, but you have three guys who are worthy of it, so that's not the worst thing in the world. The worst thing in the world is paying somebody like Otto Porter a max and having him turn into a complete scrub. That's terrible. But the Nuggets don't have that problem.
0: Not yet. We'll we'll see. We'll see what they do like going forward with this team. I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I don't. I think that Tim Connolly has learned how to manage these books pretty well, and will will continue to do so. And I just trust Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and Nicole Jokic to be unbelievably yep. good for for the contract money and that they're Jokic going to get.
1: Doesn't need a bunch of other dudes to make it work. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. is, If he can make it work in these playoffs with this cast, he can do it with basically anyone. And I don't want to dog on the Nuggets. I'm just saying there's no way that other playoff teams are rolling in with, like, the, the kind of guards that the Nuggets have and thinking that they would have a shot. The Nuggets have this shot because of Jokic, so they can afford to, like, make some lesser payments to some other dudes and be able to get continuity, be able to get whatever they need to make this sort of a run happen. You know, um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to MPJ growing. I want another playoff series. I want them to win this Portland series bad because I want MPJ to get as much practice as, I, as he can, being the focal point of other teams' defenses, which you don't necessarily get in the regular season. Like, I want him to be game-planned against. I want him to have that feeling. I want him to get ready so that the nuggets are ready in the future like these are the these are the years that make them a title winner and i want them to have full advantage of it
0: Let's just talk about that now. I-, I was thinking of doing a different a different segment, but we're already fifty minutes in, or so. Like we might as of well. Of course, first. you
1: are. You can't yeah. make segments <laughs> when I'm on the
0: show. It's true. It- it's true. Uh, Gordon is the worst because we we have such great conversations about each particular point, and then you run down each particular point, you realize, oh crap, we're at an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, if Denver were to win this series, let's let's say. They advance. It's either six or seven games in all likelihood. Sure. They go. They get past Portland. Everything's hunky dory. Everything feels good. The other two teams in this side of the bracket are Phoenix and the LA Lakers. Yep. The Lakers tied up the series against Phoenix at one apiece in game yep. two. Chris Paul looks pretty hurt. Uh, yep. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what which team comes out of there. But I would definitely bet on LA. At this well, point. LA
1: plus the refs. Versus like Phoenix minus a hurt Chris Paul, I'm gonna take LA. That's just it.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of want to just look up Anthony Davis's free throw total. Uh, Seventy five, posterity no, stake. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't hes- like I I believed you in a little at least a little <laughs> bit with that, uh, which is very scary. Um, yeah, in the second game, Anthony Davis took as it as the thing loads for me. Uh, twenty one free throws. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh that's an issue and Phoenix is going to have to figure that out and I love out and-
1: I really do I I do think that Ayton is a really good player. Um and that he's a good modern player. Some guys thought he was going to be maybe not able to do modern NBA center stuff, you know, and maybe be like Miles Turner who's right. He's not you're trying to figure out how to be a modern NBA team with Miles Turner even though he's a great player. Um I don't. I don't think Aiton has that problem. I think Aiton's good for the long haul, um. But I don't know that they're going to be able to slow down the Lakers. I just don't.
0: And even then, it really was like Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, guys yep. like that. When when Aiton was defending him, I thought he did a pretty good job, like you said. Uh, but Jay Crowder just got into foul trouble. Like he had four fouls in eight minutes. is pretty yes. much the the number. Well, and, I, and the thing that's... is, he's
1: trying to play press up defense against a dude who's got like six or seven inches on him. Like, you know And
0: falls down every time. Yeah,
1: and and Ed pretends like he's made of paper. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you do with that. The guy's bigger than me, he's stronger than me, and he falls over like I you know, punched him in the gut like every time I get near him.
0: I don't know what to do with this. He's the worst, but <laughs> if if they were able if the Nuggets were able to advance, do you think that they win a series against Phoenix if Chris Paul is banged up?
1: I think they can, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that series is that much different than a Portland series with Dame and Nurkic. I yeah, think it's, it's a little it's different because like... I think I think Aiton's better, but I don't think Aiton matches up against Jokic a lot better. Um, and Aiton has talked before about the fact that he enjoys playing Jokic mostly because he gets to learn a lot of shit because he gets schooled. Like that's yeah. that's pretty much where he's at. He's like, well, this is a good experience for me.
0: Devin Booker being six five and like a legit six five, yes, I think that really changes things. Then against the Blazers who have the small guards, uh, I think Booker is a guy that if if you don't have Will Barton back and if you don't have PJ Dozier back, then it could be really difficult for this team. But I can hey. see how that
1: would be a guard matchup problem. I'm just saying Booker has Booker's been better um, this year, the last year since the bubble, really. Booker, yeah. Booker has been doing things more consistently. He's been in his bag. He's, he's in the pocket. He understands what he's supposed to do, and he does it. Um, but uh, the Nuggets, whenever they play Booker, I don't really worry about Booker. Not that he's not a great player, but that he alone doesn't seem to have the impact on the game by himself. And maybe that was because Murray was there to offset him, and now without Murray they would have trouble. Like that's where you're at with the Nuggets is so who else is scoring?
0: You know, well it's got to be MPJ, and I guess like he's going to get the Mikhail Bridges treatment. I was going to say you series, got you got which, Bridges, and like that's that's yeah. going to be tough.
1: Yeah, well it's a, it's a tough defensive assignment for him. Bridges would be, um, and you've also run into the problem of uh, does that guy getting in your grill bother you? Because Bridges will be in your grill. Like that's he'll be happy to do that.
0: I wonder if Bridges is the perfect player to defend Michael Porter. I don't know what the perfect player is right now because right. I don't think we know enough about Michael Porter's game to really know what his playoff strengths and weaknesses are. But I tend to think that the the long, athletic, six seven guy with the seven foot two wingspan that can chase you around screens yep. and contest your might shot might be annoying. Yeah, might be annoying. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But hey, maybe that's a situation where Porter has to learn how to grow his game. Again, those are the things that
1: I want for the Nuggets. Like, is there a better matchup or a worse matchup for the Nuggets? I don't think so. Could they win either of those matchups? Sure. Would I favor them? Probably not. Like, those are, like, I don't think either the Lakers or or the Suns, the Nuggets, should be favored in. Um, Right. But those are both good educational experiences. For MPJ as the second dude, for all of these other guys who are on your team on long-term deals. You want to get used to Aaron Gordon in the playoffs. You need to figure out how to get him involved. and Because like, like, that game one performance from Aaron Gordon was terrible. So, you know, trying to get him to to understand how to play on this squad, to take a role, to accept a role, to know what that role will be in the playoffs. Because it's different than the regular season. I mean, that's the thing with, with guys like Andre Iguodala, with guys who... You know, in the regular season, they're good. But in the playoffs, they might be a difference maker. Um, and so you're trying to figure out how to get Aaron Gordon to be a difference maker. They're still working on that in this Portland series. If they if he doesn't come through for them against Willard, maybe that's not his role. But you, that's, you need to find that out now. Like, these are the things you have to know in this series so you know what to do next playoffs. Because Aaron Gordon's here for the next run, too. Like, this is a thing where you need to figure out how to best deploy your players, and you can't do that without getting a bunch of games. So I want as many games as possible so the Nuggets can figure out their pieces, not just for this year, but what they do have and what they don't have going forward.
0: I hope they win. I hope they get to the second round, and I, I almost hope that they get the Lakers because that's really the team that you're talking about here. Like, I think that they could beat the Clippers, and the Clippers are making things pretty easy for everybody right now uh, because of what... Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic and guys like that could do. Well, and the uh, thing so with I'd... them
1: too is that they the, the the Clips play kind of small ball without shooters.
0: Yeah.
1: Like even even sized, everybody's like 6-7, <clears throat> but like nobody's a real shot maker. You know, and playoff well, peas. Th- is... but that
0: was the thing. Like like they playoff like Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard, those guys I think you can count on realistically, but but we've we've seen them fluctuate in the past, of course, and and even in this series, but like Marcus Morris and yeah. uh, Serge Ibaka was somebody that they brought in. Like Marcus Morris was a, a lethal shooter e- equivalent to Michael Porter Jr. this year, but he just doesn't scare you at all. No. Nope. It's crazy.
1: And and that's and that's the difference. And that's why Michael Porter Jr. can be a star. Because mm-hmm. it's weird watching a guy who could go off and just doesn't quite get the shots. Like, I'm still waiting for his, you know, 25-shot barrage where he goes, like, 18 for 25, you know, oh. puts up 40, 45 points and is just like, bring it. Like, I'm king of the world. I'm waiting for that game because it's in him. And he knows it's in him, too, which is uh, part of the fun of it is knowing that it's there. And he just, if he ever finds that in the first quarter in these playoffs, he's going to get fed. Jokic is going to give him the ball. 50 times and be like, go like have a blast. I don't want to score. You want to blow it up, blow it up and it'll be fun. Like I'll enjoy that, but he will scare you. Like MPJ has that in his game and the nuggets are just trying to coax that flame out of him.
0: Last point that I'll make before we get out of here. But I think that I want to see them face the Lakers because I want to see what the Lakers do with Jokic and how they match up. Like, their their ultimate trump card, the Lakers, is to go eighty at the five. Is to go like or, or has been against most of these teams. Uh, is to yeah, go Eighty I at the five. Teams. It's it's to play uh, small, but also with AD as like an, an elite defensive center. It's to have a lot of rangy, athletic players that can shoot and space the center out to three. Against Denver, I think that the Nuggets actually would now prefer that. Like as strange as it sounds, that. If if they had to go up against Marcus Gasol and Anthony Davis for an entire series, I think they'd be pretty, like, like it would be a lot more difficult to do that for Denver than it would be to go up against AD at the five more consistently. Because I think that they feel that they could post up Anthony Davis, uh, like Jokic could post up Anthony Davis and be pretty consistent. and so they could have the back cuts to Porter. Yes. And they could have the back cuts to Gordon. And they could space the floor a little bit and get some Jokic pick and rolls and things like that. Like, I think that Denver feels like they could do that in a series and I just want to see how they would play it out, how Aaron Gordon would defend both of their stars and how Michael Porter responds to that assignment too cuz he no, would have that to. That would do all a be lot. fun. Again, yeah. they have
1: to get past Portland. I don't say that they're going to do that anyway. I'm not taking Portland right. lightly, but if right. they're going forward, I think the Lakers is a fun matchup. Um the weird thing is is that you kind of like I don't know how many more of these Lakers series we're going to get. Like LeBron is not immortal like at some point looking at yeah at some point it's going to be it um and so the nuggets versus the uh the suns is a matchup for now and the future i'm not sure mm-hmm. what the future looks like in la it's going to look different than it looks with lebron next to ad it'll be somebody else and i don't know what that's going to be in a year or two um so this is a matchup for now like the lakers matchup is a matchup you know, for for this year,
0: yeah, and maybe next year too. Because I think yeah. like if you're Denver, you have to think, okay, we're not going to be our best selves until Jamal Murray comes back, anyway. So let's just figure out all the data that we can get, yeah, and and then you just you you hope and you you figure it out, you tweak a little bit, maybe uh, you you have a new starting shooting guard, or or if Barton goes back, then Barton comes back. But I'm uh whatever whatever the case may be, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Barton, by the way, may come back in game four. That's or, that's something that, that they, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 I, he's been listed as out for game three. Would not surprise me in the slightest if he was back for game four.
1: Well, and he really wants to play the Trailblazers. Um, oh yeah, like that was his team, that was his squad. He got traded here because he couldn't get off the bench for them, um, because they had CJ and um, and Dame and a couple other guys. Um, so that's how Denver got Barton in the first place. He wants to pay it back to the trailblazers bad that's in Barton's DNA so he definitely will be back in the series it's just a matter of when he can get on the floor and convince guys he's good to go and honestly for me like again if the Nuggets lose this series they lose the series hats off to Portland like it doesn't stress me out because this isn't the real Nuggets this is like the experimental let's try some other guys in other roles Nuggets this is not the we're loaded up and we screwed up Nuggets so that's this is actually great for me. There's no pressure. I think the Nuggets are enjoying it too, in the sense that they're not really stressed. That's why they weren't stressed after Game One. There's no pressure when you're not expected to necessarily win. You know.
0: So they're we're, just out here having fun, and it shows. We're still in month two of Michael Porter Jr. being the second option. Right. Like, yeah. It's it's if if you frame it like that, then you, everybody understands. Everybody gets it. The fact is. He's talented enough to do it. The Nuggets are talented enough that they can make it work. And I am looking forward to seeing whether whether that talent ultimately bears out. It didn't bear out the first time around against Portland, but I think it's it's a higher probability that, the, that it bears out at this time. Yep. So it should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh how are you doing? What 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 is what's new in the world of Gordon before we head out of here?
1: Dude, nothing's new in the world of Gordon. Gordon's just happy that spring <laughs> is here so we can go outside again. Vaccinations are amazing. Everybody should get oh, them. Yeah. If you don't have them, please do get them. And uh, so you can take care of your fellow people and uh, your family. And also uh, we can get back to having a real life because quarantine sucked. So uh, let's not do that anymore, everybody.
0: Ball Arena was just upgraded to 10,000 fans yeah, for the right. next time that they come out. So everything it's it's just it's trending back in the right direction people so i'm i'm excited about it gordon you've been awesome thank you so much for taking the time with me tonight and uh and man it's just been been great to talk to. glad you, to course. be here yep awesome everybody well that's going to do it for this episode of pick action roll thank you so much for tuning in we'll be back tomorrow night with another late night posting after game three i've been posting these at about three o'clock three three thirty in the morning and 's been uh, it's been great. so thank you for giving the love that you always do on these episodes. make sure to rate review and subscribe five stars on iTunes. Uh, and uh, yeah guys I' just it's gonna be fun. We, we can enjoy this road together uh, for all that it has. So everybody make sure to go follow Gordon at Gmoneynuggs on Twitter uh, and for all of us over at Denver Stiffs. thank you so much and we'll talk to you guys very soon.